This is Shane Gibson's Sociable Podcast. Today I want to talk about five social media lessons from Wizard World Comic Con. So at Socialize, which is our social media agency, we work with a variety of different organizations. One of them, we've had this incredible opportunity to work with Wizard World. Wizard World, of course, produces a dozen or more Comic-Cons per year throughout North America. Now, just in case you don't know, a Comic-Con is a very large com- convention slash trade show um, slash really celebration of all things pop culture, particularly here in North America. Uh, although there is also many aspects that are influenced from areas such as Japan as well. So what this event is about is it pulls together, of course, comic book collectors, uh, aficionados uh, in all areas of collectibles in regards to pop culture, uh, as well as, you know what, some of the latest stars uh, from you know major movies, uh, from sci-fi uh, to fantasy to you name it. And so we have everybody walking around from uh, Norman Reedus and his team from the Boondock Saints to the five captains from Star Trek uh, at the last event, you know, signing autographs, doing panels, exciting stuff. So what we were tasked to do uh, when we took on this project is to really work, work with Wizard World and to ramp up their social media presence and actually to a large degree begin to generate some ROI and some purpose as well around this. And so this really this activity, this mission, uh, this process has just begun. Uh, with that said, there's already a few great lessons that have come out of it. Uh, we looked at the Philadelphia Comic-Con alone uh, and were able to measure over 20 million online impressions through Twitter, YouTube, photographs, blogs, Facebook uh, posts, you name it. And so one thing to realize this is an incredibly engaged audience. Uh, and it was actually an audience, it is an audience that really is already talking about these things and can be easily harnessed, connected to, uh, and that community can be built. And so I guess the first lesson that, that we've learned is that, you know, this is something that we've done with all kinds of clients, is we have built what we'd call a tribe from scratch. So Seth Godin loosely, his definition of a tribe is a group of like-minded people with, with similar values and interests who are uh, really in many cases not connected in many cases initially. And then a leader uh, or a hub in a community really is able to pull them together so that they can collaborate, connect, uh, communicate, uh, share interests, share values, and achieve things together. And so we have, from scratch, with a number of clients, actually helped them create tribes around their brands, around brand new products, services, uh, movements. What's interesting here is that we found is, I'll tell you, the lesson number one is it's a lot easier to tap into a tribe than it is to build one. Because we found is that these tribes already existed, but what they didn't have is, is a common place to even communicate their excitement about the Comic-Con while they were there. So something as simple as a, as a hashtag for the photos, such as wizard pick, hashtag wizard pick that we created for the Comic-Cons, we were able to generate significant amounts of conversation, actually help individuals connect with one another, but it also helped us identify key influencers as well that were already present so that we could engage them, build relationships with them, and in essence, accelerate the growth of the Wizard World tribe online. So I guess this comes down to sort of another lesson, which you know isn't in my top um, five things we've learned from Wizard World Comic Con, but it sort of precedes all of them, and that is you need to be monitoring on social media platforms. In fact, my suggestion is to use several social media monitoring tools because all of them have their strengths and weaknesses. Um, we've used Sysmos in the past. We've had demos of Radian 6. But we end up, from a Twitter perspective, using simply tweet reach as well as viral heat. And between two, two of them, they give us different types of data, but overall give us a really nice picture. They both helped us identify some of the major influencers. 
Now, before we're heading to Chicago, we've already begun monitoring, identifying the key influencers. So before we get to that event and that conference, we've really got that tribe built and engaged to help us grow the numbers, grow the engagement, and also add extra value for our sponsors. So the key lesson here is in any product or service or movement that you're creating, look for existing tribes that are underserviced online. Existing groups of people who are passionate, who have levels of interest, that instead of going out and building it from scratch, that you can actually tap into and direct. Now, number one, is, or number two, one of the things we've identified as well through this whole process is, you know, we, we monitored what was going on with the brand and just conversations around the concept of Comic-Con uh, throughout the cities that we were present in. Um, and this was pre-engagement. This is before we start having ongoing two-way communications and dialogue. Uh, Tris Hussey, who's uh, you know a core team member of ours, uh, really one of the reasons why um, Tris has been so invaluable is that he spends most of his time, at least in regards to focusing on this client, on just having great conversations with the community through Twitter, through Facebook, through thanking people on YouTube, through connecting to them through various platforms, and of course in person. And what we found, which is really interesting, is when people know your list. Listening. They, they talk even more. They share even more. They tweet even more. And they like and follow what you're doing. And so this, the key element is that, and this is something I learned speaking to audiences. I mean, I've been addressing audiences now uh, for, wow, I, I, I hate to look at these numbers here, but uh, 20 years now I've been addressing audiences on stages throughout North America and Asia, uh, Africa, uh, South America. And one of the things I've noticed over the years is that I've, if I've got an audience of 300 people, but I have a genuine sincere, positive interaction with one person in the audience where I connect with them, I communicate with them, I ask them their name, I ask them a question, I ask them for feedback for the 300 people, the entire audience feels this sincerity. And so what I found is that this translates online is that as you begin to listen to those people online within the community, talking about various things, whether it's your brand or just things they're passionate about, and you interact with them, what you'll find is that there are 300 people or sometimes 3,000 people watching the interaction and it, it really encourages them to get involved in the conversation as well. Number three, and this is a lesson that really I learned from Pepsi. I was at a conference called Benchmark uh, back about two months ago uh, where several you know, brand agencies uh, and their social media brand managers uh, from organizations like Kellogg's, um, Acura, Pepsi-Cola uh, came and presented. And Pepsi did something really interesting is – their whole strategy around social to a large degree is helping all the people in their demographic amplify the moment into social media. So they created a hashtag called live for now. And that's one of the ways that we adapted our wizard pick hashtag that we use at our Comic-Con, our Wizard World Comic-Cons. And what it does in essence is it, it ties in everybody who's having a great experience into that one meme, that one hashtag. Now, by doing this, Pepsi created this Live For Now hashtag. So if they sponsor a major concert or a sporting event, they encourage people to take photos and tag it with Live For Now. But what happened is Live For Now grew beyond these events where this entire demographic now, somebody does a great uh, jump on a snowboard, for instance, off a cliff, and their friend takes a picture, and they post it to Twitter, and they post it with the, the hashtag Live For Now. And so what we're finding is even well after our event, we're having people tag things wizard pick. And this is really just because uh, it's sort of a category they can associate with that experience online. In essence, we've created an online meme using a hashtag on Twitter. And so think about ways. What we found is we think about how can we amplify the moment? 
Can we create video booths? Can we have people roving at events? Can we have, before the event, have people take photos of themselves, post them to Facebook for an opportunity to win a prize if they're wearing a costume? This is another way that we amplified the moment and also increased Facebook likes on one particular page by close to 5,000, just in an increase in a short period of time. And this all ties back to how can I use social media to help people amplify the moment they're experiencing in real life? And so this is what contests can do. This is what conference hashtags can do. And often you just let them know, let them know just as we said, number two, that you're listening. The fourth one is run contests to find influencers. So my goal in running a Twitter contest isn't just to get, you know what, well, we doubled the number of new Twitter followers per day during contest times. But the most important thing around that is not just doubling our, our daily reach, so to speak, growth. The most important part is of all the people talking about our brand or participating in the contest, using social media monitoring tools like TweetReach uh, and Viral Heat, we're able to identify of those people that were participating in the contest or even cheering on a friend who had the most influence in our demographic. Then once we'd identified that, we didn't just say thank you or send them a little prize. We reached out to this person. We asked them questions. We gave them tickets to the event. We met them in person. We built that relationship. And by doing so, we take these sort of people who don't, we don't know exist in the community who are also, in essence, leaders within the tribe who've got large reach and large influence and used contests to find them. So don't just, don't just use the contest to go and say, hey, look, we increased our likes by 5,000 on Facebook. It's, hey, we increased our likes on 5,000 on Facebook, but we found 30 people that were responsible for a lot of the noise, chatter, and influence that drove that growth and helped our contest. And now we're going to proactively build relationships with them. And yes, we're going to treat them different than other people. We're going to roll up the red carpet. We're going to connect with them. And then the last one, number five, and this is really key, and this is something that we're beginning to do. And so this is almost speaking the truth in advance, so to speak. Uh, But we're going to partner to expand influence. And this is something that works very well. So we'll find, uh, for instance, a number of Ford dealerships uh, across Canada have run a, a Drive One for Ford campaign, where if you come into the Ford dealership and you test drive a vehicle, they donate a certain amount to a charity. But in many markets, that charity promotes that event just as much as the Ford dealer does. So they both have this benefit where the charity becomes better known in the community and gets donations, and yet that activity that the Ford dealer is participating in is actually increasing their reach, but also their equity within the community. And so one of the things we've done now is we've identified major bloggers within the, within the online pop culture community in each region, uh, influencers on Twitter, people with large YouTube channels, and now we're beginning to partner with them to cooperatively promote each other's brands and events. And in doing so, in essence, all these ships rise with the tide. Our collective influence expands. So as we know, social media isn't totally scalable in the essence if you're just if you're getting great results and you've got 2,000 Twitter followers or you have 20,000 and you want to get 10 times the results, the, the solution may not be to try to have 200,000 followers. The solution may be reaching out and finding 10 influencers in your community in various niches that have 50,000 followers and build incredible relationships with them and partner with them so it's a true win-win. And so these are the five things that Really, these observations uh, and also part of our ongoing strategy that we're doing with this particular client. But it's amazing um, to see, and this is the real key factor, is all these five things come down to one thing. And that is, it is about the audience. It is about the community. It is about what they're passionate about. And then you need to use social media to tap into those passions, help them spread the word to share their passions, to connect with people like values. And by doing so, you move beyond a product peddler 
or an event promoter and truly move into what we would refer to as a community hub, a trusted advisor and curator within that demographic. So those are our five social media lessons from Wizard World Comic Con. And they were number one, tapping into a tribe is much better than building one. Number two, when people know you're listening, they talk, share, tweet, like, and follow. Number three, amplify the moment with hashtags and contests on site. Uh, Number four, run contests, not just to grow reach, but to find influencers. And number five, partner partner to expand influence. So if you'd like to learn more about our agency, you can visit socialized.me. If you want to tap into and learn more about the Wizard World Comic Con community, you can go to wizardworld.com. You can also visit facebook.com forward slash wizardworld or follow them on Twitter at wizardworld.